0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's time for Rollin' with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slims serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot.
1: Coach, good evening. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, and
2: Happy New Year. Well, same to you. Happy New Year to all all of us and all of everyone that's alive. Have a happy one.
3: be a happier New Year for the Razorbacks if they could uh, beat Missouri tonight, wouldn't it?
2: Probably they will. Uh, so we can all, all hope for that. Uh, and, and the way they played the other night was really a, a great ball game. It could have gone either way. But uh, it didn't go our way, so uh, I see us rebounding back tonight.
3: And what gives you that? Well, you've said that with great confidence. What gave you that kind of confidence?
2: (laughs) Well, the thing about it is that one game doesn't define what what kind of team you have. And when you have players that are missing, such as the two players that are not on the – didn't play at all, that are are very important pieces, and you just – you know, you're one – one play away from being winning a basketball game, that's an, a, a tremendous accomplishment. And, of course, uh, if those guys are not ready tonight, then the, the ones that were there against LSU, if they show up, they got a chance to do some damages at home. Coach, in your mind, how much
1: was the home court advantage to you as a coach?
2: Uh, I think – From the standpoint of depending on where you play, 10 points kind of – I would think a 10-point advantage would be, you know, again, it depends on who you're playing, uh, what kind of advantage would it hold. Because if it's a tough game like the Razorback versus Kentucky, you know, that's a game that could go any way because they're so equally uh, in talent-wise. But you would have to give the team, the favorite team, uh, an edge. Uh, take, for example, we, we played uh, ourselves against Las Vegas that year where they were number one, we were number two. And, uh, then you know, you, you needed more than 10-point home court advantage playing those guys. But uh, sometimes that's what happens. But I guess if I had to round it off, I'd say no more, no more than seven points
3: Seven that's points is much, a lot. That's, a lot. that's pretty,
1: pretty much, though, what the odd makers have said, Rick. Seven okay, and so, a half.
3: So, what do you think the home court advantage was in Barnhill compared to Bud Walton? Oh, my gosh.
2: I think I think Barnhill was a monster. Uh, just, nobody wants to come in there. I, mean, I don't sometimes think my own players would want to come in there. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a snake pit. You know, uh, uh, Eddie, uh, I, I can't think of the name right now offhand of, of, our, of our crowd. Jim, Jim Robkin.
4: Rock.
2: Yeah, Robkin. Right. Man, he was phenomenal. Uh, there was nobody in America, any basketball game, to do what he could do with a raised-back fan. It un- was unbelievable. So there were some games that after I left, I had a headache, and, and, it, and, it, and it was because of all the screaming and noise. Hell, I would be talking to myself. Players never heard me half the time, and and that was good. They they helped the players. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, Barnhill was a snake pit. That's and, amazing.
3: And so, and and we were both there together when. The transition to Bud Walton Arena, and you saw it being built, and you you were involved in the uh, discussions with Bud Walton and Coach Broyles about building this new arena. Did you have misgivings about it, knowing that you were going to lose what Barnhill had?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, when when we start talking about trying to get another one, that's why we went up to see Mr. Walton to get. Uh, Somewhere around a million dollars to get us uh, some more seats. You know, uh, we we everybody wanted to get into the ball games. I think people getting divorced; they were giving away the, they would you know rather take the, uh, give away the uh, kids than the tickets that they would have. You know, <laughs> that was a premium. Uh, and of course, to leave that kind of an atmosphere is very tough So you know, got used to. You know, we, we almost chalk up a win. I don't care who you play. We could have played the Knickerbockers in there some night and they wouldn't have won. Uh, there, you know, it's just one of those uh, uh, places that you didn't ever want to leave. Uh, you know, I, but you know, again, but it's built where the you know the noise factor is still not as not as uh, the acoustics are not quite as the same, but. It still is a tough place to play, also, because now you got somewhere in the neighborhood of 18, 19,000 screaming fans. But uh, Barn Hill only needed 10 people in that building. <laughs> and it would have been like <laughs> holy hell for the opponent. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk to JW. I
1: think he's got a question for Coach. JW, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Coach Richardson?
4: Yeah. Hey, when I first called before the break, I didn't realize that Coach Richardson was going to be on, and I feel honored to be able to even talk to him. Uh, When, uh, you know, I come from simple Hill Country folks, and we've always appreciated people who stand tall, no matter how tall they are or what color they were. And my mama loved Coach Richardson. And I have to tell you this before I get to my question. We were at Cracker Barrel one morning, and I saw him over there, and I said, would you mind coming over and say hello to my mama? Uh, She thinks you're the cat's meow. He came over and put his arm around her and gave her a hug, and her smile would have lit up the sun. And we didn't take pictures or ask for autographs or anything, and I'll never forget that. Till my dying day, I will never forget that. So I look at Coach Richardson, not only being a wonderful coach, but a wonderful man. But here's my question. I know that the team we have right now can get to the elite eight playing the ball they play. But I don't know, without having a three-point shooter, if they can get past that. Can they fix that? Is that possible? Or am I just thinking wrong? Because I just don't think, unless you got somebody – who can drain it all? la Pat Bradley or that kid from Oklahoma. I just don't think you can get past. It's just it's kind of a numbers game. And so I'll just hang up and listen to what y'all just say. And, again, Coach Richardson, thank you so much. You meant so much to my mama. And, I, and, like I said, I never think about her without thinking about you and how kind you were to her. And I know if you were kind to her, you were kind to a lot of other people too. And God bless you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. That, that makes Thank you me JW. Feel really, really good. Thank you very much for those kind words. Uh, you know, as I see the Razorbacks, and, and you're talking about the shooting, uh, the thing that is so impressive of the Razorbacks that I feel they can go with a long way is the fact that they play defense. And, mm-hmm. and there's two, two, uh, two, uh, two games of being played, There's a. A game of defense, a game of offense. The offense is the shooting part of it. I think we're good enough shooters to win any game, any any ball game, uh, anywhere. And the reason I say that is because we do stop people from scoring. That's probably the biggest and most important part of the game, is how many stops can you get in a row, which causes a run. People don't. They talk about run. You know, he'll make a run here. It's how many stops you can stop a team from scoring, and convert yourself changes the complexity of the game. I mean, going to the Final Four is, is usually the goal that a team wants to get there, which gives him a chance or her a chance to win a national championship. You can't get there, first of all, if you don't play deep you can every night be a tremendous shooting team and still not get to go. But if you can do both, you're going somewhere. And I believe by the time they get to rolling around and get everybody in their spot, they'll be able to go anywhere at any time during this season. Coaches, one of the
1: more under- Respected and underappreciated, and maybe again, just almost at times taken for granted. But you were talking about the defense—the thing that makes, in my opinion, Arkansas so tough—is their length. I know Oliver Miller had tremendous length. Is right. that an aspect, coach, that you think is is kind of underappreciated
2: and at times overlooked? I don't think. I'm not sure it's underappreciated. I, I don't think they understand. They don't understand the magnitude that carries a guy that, that's six foot tall, but he's got a reach for a, a six, eight, six nine. So in reality, that boy's six nine. Albert mm-hmm. uh, Miller might have been six eight and a half, six nine, but his reach seven two. And uh, that's how I. Uh, that's how you know when you have the long, uh, or, you know, you wrap around the basketball court. You know, uh, even though you might not have it in height when you when you just, Doing the measuring, boy. But when you measure that arm and leg, uh, arm span, it, it, it tells a different story. So that's why I say, you, you know, uh, you can. It, it's it's the same way with stats. G. After the game, all, all stats either good or bad or indifferent. But the most important stat there is is is, is L. The other most important stat is up here so did you lose or did you win whether you got five rebounds or 45 rebounds did you win <laughs> that's the bottom line and so you get prepared for each game that way and that's that's the again the, the, the length that I see with the razorbacks uh, how they can stretch the whole floor without even <laughs> they can stand each one could stand and 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 I think three guys with complete
1: 94 feet. It's unbelievable. I don't I, I I never had those kind of arms. I, I, I that's why <laughs> yeah. maybe some of us we don't quite understand but you put it you stated so well that uh it makes it easy to understand how a 6-foot guy and I'm not even 6-foot but uh can now turn into 6-9 because he's got such a reach. Uh, let's see, Coach. Let me give you this one from our Asher Record Service Company, Live and Feedback. Jim says, Coach, how did you recruit Lee Mayberry and Todd Day? What Lee, uh, What made Lee such a great point guard? And then where is
2: Coach Andy Stoglin? Coach Stoglin, I, I, he's retired. He lives in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh Lee Mayberry was part of my family, kind of. Uh, Lee Mayberry, uh, I I met him, his father, his his daughter when when Lee was maybe eight, nine years old. Uh, then my son married Lee's sister, and they had kids. So therefore, there was, Lee was like a family member. So I could go see my grandkids, and he'd go see his niece and nephews. So they, how do you keep that away? Today, of course, is legal. Everything's legal, but it used to be. You know, you can't make contact at this time. How can they tell uh, Lee that he couldn't come to his sister's house to say hello to his nieces? <laughs> <laughs> What's going to stop me from going to, to my my son's house and my daughter and to, to visit with my grandkids? You know, uh, so there's some rules that didn't didn't really make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So I knew Lee. I, it wasn't uh, you know Lee. As I said, was one of the few guys that didn't cost us anything to recruit. He was just part of the family. Uh, uh, on Todd, Todd's case, Todd and Joe, Lee and Todd became very close friends, especially after they gave the school year. But Todd was one of the best players in Memphis at, at that time. Deep, of course, most valuable player I believe was in the Memphis area. Uh, but we started following those guys when they were ninth graders, and tenth graders, and you know, I can walk in the gym. They knew who I was immediately because I had been there so many times or my assistants or Mike or, you know. So we, we spent a lot of time in Memphis, and, and and you get to know people, and that's how uh, we ended up having Todd Day. And, of course, his father was a coach, and his father sometimes uh, came down to our camp, uh, worked out some of our summer camp, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a, a, a very good I mean, I had uh, what I would say a, a very pleasant recruiting of, of Todd because everybody in the country, used was McDonald McDonald's All-American. Everybody in the country was, had, had a scholarship program for him. He chose us, and he, I guess he chose Lee to be with Lee Mayberry. Well,
3: it was a good decision because Lee Mayberry made sure Todd Day got all the passes and scoring he wanted, and then if Todd was off, Lee May did, did some scoring too. That was a good combination to have both of them, wasn't it?
2: Well, there's no question about it. I, I think the guy, the common denominator, was Oliver Miller. Oliver Miller was for a big guy. You know, junior, you throw it into a big guy, he never threw it back out. But Oliver could find Todd, he could find Lee, and he, he kept them both happy. And, and they could find each other. So that, that, that was a happy, happy, happy. <laughs> so uh, when you can get those kind of players that play together, with one another and have tremendous respect for one another. And all three got a chance to be first-round draft choices. Late, except for Todd, you know, in the top, I guess, 10 or 7th pick. But uh, I never had a, a, a group of guys that got along so well together. You
3: know, I just thought of this um, as we had a earlier this evening we were talking with a, one of our basketball guys who said he thinks that this is it for John Calipari at Kentucky, 12th year, which is a long time to be at a program like Kentucky. I think he's the last coach in the SEC that you coached against. What, what, do you, what do you remember about coaching against him, and can you see a difference in his teams? Last night they barely beat LSU. Can you see a difference in his teams right now, as say, a, a few years ago when they were going to the Final Four regularly?
2: Well, you know he, he you know he really I think sometimes you can get the best high school players that I mean who's to say who's the best high school player and who's to say that number one number two number three, number four I got five of the first first picks of the of the, of, of, of college these guys are the, are the five best and, and one team's got that necessarily transpire into being a, a team that can be successful, you know, sometimes your best players don't make the best team. And sometimes in his category, he he had some teams that were awesome. He had some teams that we thought was going to be awesome that didn't pan out that
3: way. And and I can't blame
2: it all on the coach, sometimes in the maturity. I mean, it's different things that take place that you didn't anticipate happening. They can get to the point where everyone's trying to get to the league, which is the NBA. So there's a different atmosphere. There is a different atmosphere up there more now because more of the kids that were seniors in high school are spending one year in college and heading out. So they're they don't they're not going to college to win no national championships. They're going to up for their stocks and get the opportunity to be drafted. And so, you know, you have so many – Things that are going uh, uh, against sometimes having a one and done, but the way things are today, one and done is, is the way to go because all you got to do is go get some older guys who played already and let them have one year. And and, and uh, the key is, can you get them to play together? And if you can, you're going to have a heck of a team. So that's that's what John is to be. He's he hasn't done anything it's that much different. Sometimes it's like I said, it's sometimes they have the players have their own idea of how the game should be played. And usually it's for their benefit.
3: Well you probably won't have a time for a full answer to this because I can see we're gonna be up against a break, but you can you can start if you want, you can also think about this. It used to be that high school players could go straight from their senior high school to the NBA. That's no longer the case. And as you just mentioned, there are guys that go to college strictly because they have to for a year before they can go to the NBA. In the next collective bargaining with the NBA, there's a strong thought process that they're going to go back to the way it used to be is with players being able to play, finish high school and then go straight to the NBA. Which do you think is better? Do you think it's better to let them go right out of high school or in light of what you were saying about guys playing for one year basically for themselves, not necessarily the team, uh, to leave it like it is to where they have to go to college for a year?
2: A little bit better. I think going to college is, is the answer that I would take. At least you get that one year and understand what it is that you have to and how hard it, it's not a picnic going to college all the time uh, and gives you a chance to grow up a little bit. You know, 17- uh, and 18-year-old kids straight to the NBA, it's not, a, it's not my cup of tea for youngsters. Uh, I know that the amount of money being paid, but I think I, I want them to go to school at least one year to figure out what needs to be done down down the rest of their lives.
1: All right, Coach, hang on. Dr. J, you hang on. I'm not sure if that's Julius Irving or not, but uh, <laughs> probably not. Hang on. <laughs> we will come to you when we come out of the break. Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. along with the coach. Nolan Richardson. Thanks to Slim Chicken. Stay tuned.
0: It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson, brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slims, serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot.
1: I don't know how that happened. That's uh, that's amazing. <laughs> that was on the other side of my screen where that started playing. Nevertheless. That's all right. Hey, you all got
3: right. two, two of our favorites, Nolan Richardson and Slim Chickens in the same word there, so that's good. Now we're going to hear from Dr. J. Dr.
1: J. Good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Coach Richardson?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, guys. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Coach Richardson, I'll start out by saying that pound for pound, uh, I've argued this many times. In my book, you are the greatest, the greatest coach having won won the triple crown. Uh, No one else has done that. Uh, always been a fan but my question for you is this and hopefully this will be a a fun question for you to ponder um now having just said that about you what are top five coaches you've coached against like your starting five and your coaches your coaches pickup game uh and and what made them great in your book I know a lot of people kind of want to pick your brain to kind of to kind of see what you thought about some of these other great coaches. So uh, if you don't mind answering that, I'll I'll, I'll I'll sit back and listen and and get my popcorn. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Jay. Those those good good questions because I tell you I, I'm so proud of the fact that I was given an opportunity to, to coach in three different actually three different leagues, which is Missouri Valley. Uh, where I started my college coaching major um, or mid-major junior college you know there were some great coaches in the junior college and of course in the Southwest Conference I had a chance to coach in there in the Southeast Conference I had a chance to coach in there also so I've been around a long time you know I, I try to pick coaches that I think uh, are, are the ones who you know, going to win most of the time. And a lot of the time they have better players than everybody. Like in my coming up days, you know, John Wooten, coach was you know, how do you, how do you not pick him as the best coach ever? Just yeah. by the championships he's won, you know, and, uh, and as bad as, as some people think Bobby Knight is, but he was, he was, he, he's a champion. Uh it, it, the difference is one of them's more business-like and the other one is more, you know, in your face. Is a uh, kind of coach, you know. I get a kick out of guys. He's a players' coach. Well, what the hell is a players' coach? You know? <laughs> all of them, all of them are players. If they're not players, then they don't. They shouldn't be out on the floor. Players' coach. But I, it, you know, I thought Rick Pitino was is one of the was one of the top coaches. Uh, so, you know, you just, you know, uh, what's Dean Smith? Dean Smith is unbelievable uh, kind of winning type of uh, atmosphere that he had at North Carolina. You know, it can go on and on. And then you can separate them by, okay, this guy, he he talks defense all the time. And this guy is more of an offensive-minded coach. And, and and I'm trying to pick the brains to pick out what I like about the defense part and what I like about the offense part. But don't be married to those systems. A lot of guys are married to their system, and if you don't play in the system or work the system the right way, then you're not a very good player. I'm the opposite. i got to fit the system. i got to fit you in the system, or I will make an area in which you will excel in at that position. If I have a guy that, that can really touch balls and, and, and trap and do those things, I want him on the front line of my defense. You know, so a lot of times it's because of your size, you might be playing a different spot. Uh, the coaching, again, can go and come. I mean, guys can, can be real good and they're not so good. Now, the guy that I think may have overcome every one of those At least close to my age, is Justeski. You know, if you look at his at at the game at the tournaments he's been to, and and how he's performed there at Duke, it's just incredible. So I don't, I don't see the young coaches today in in that type of pattern, and, and will be that way where they're known by their first name immediately.
3: So coach, I don't know if that uh,
2: his question.
3: well, you, you named a lot of coaches, and and every one of them was really outstanding, no doubt about it. Okay, in the did this ever happen to you? Question: Texas A&M playing at Florida tonight, and the game was delayed by an hour because A&M forgot their game uniforms at the team hotel. Oh, ever have that happen? You must have put all the
2: uniforms in one bag. <laughs> yeah.
3: How do you get on the bus with no uniforms? <laughs> I mean, they, like I said, they had one bag, and that
2: bag got left with the uniforms, you know.
3: That, that's the only way I can explain that one. Because, uh, I, Rick, I, I'm pretty sure that somebody had a uniform. Somebody had have one, yeah. <laughs> that's right. You ever have I think a, there is a trainer that's in trouble. I bet so. Yeah, <laughs> trainer or manager, you're right, because usually those guys take care of that. But I'm sure through the years, no, did you ever have somebody I, forget their they, shoes they, they, or?
2: They never took care of that when, they, when I was coaching. Everybody was responsible for their own uniform. Mm-hmm. i start to, to get I those uniforms clean. But you but, are but, right, coach. You, I, I mean, but, you, you know, f- you're responsible for your you You're responsible for all of your gear. That's you know, right. So, yeah. <laughs> But well, that's why I they must have put them all in one bag.
3: <laughs> well, that's what happened. So, okay, so Coach, you also said the home court advantage is worth about seven points. I guess that means Georgia and Auburn are even because on a neutral floor they'd be even. Georgia leads Auburn by seven points at the half, and they're playing at Georgia. Interesting, isn't it?
2: That is. That is.
3: Because Auburn's Auburn's ranked, Georgia's not. But you you know what that. None of that means anything when you're especially early in the conference season when nobody's lost much.
2: That's true. That's why. That's why you, you don't don't jump off the bandwagon because you lose a game or two. It's just getting heated up. Guess getting started, and so anything can happen. You can go on. A, you can go on. A, and I've seen that happen here with the Ravens. Back there. They went on a a, a a stretch that was unbelievable a year ago. So. You just you just never know. If, if I mean if you
1: don't if you don't give up, you got a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Got you were you were talking a minute ago about coaches and being able to adjust and do this, do not be set in in your in your ways. One thing that it seemingly has changed, and I realized there was a week in between the last time Arkansas played, and that was against LSU a week ago today and then they're playing Missouri tonight. But something Eric Musselman has done over the last couple of days, he's gone full-fledged, full-court-press scrimmaging. And a lot of times you'll try to save those legs, as you well know, but he felt like there were certain tweaks uh, that had to be made, certain adjustments that the only way that you could make those would be full speed where you couldn't just do a walkthrough drill and expect to accomplish – uh, what he was hoping for. Seems to me you play full speed. Did you not every day of <laughs> yeah, practice? That's right.
2: You there have was, to that right every day, day that you day. took I, off. I, I don't know where you guys get all that. easy need to save your legs. Hell, you come to practice every day. So, so sometimes I mean, it's we got to remember one thing. It's about how long you work out. To me, if if you if you did nothing, just say nothing. But you free throws, but you were out there two hours. That to me is a waste of time. The kid ought to be off of his leg. But if you go hard for thirty minutes, that's good. If you go hard for forty minutes, that's good. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But not go an hour and a half, two hours of uh, spinning and talking and spinning and starting and stopping and starting and oh, that that that's that just that's that's rough. But for him to say, hey, we need to pick it up a little bit. We need to, we need to get down and get cheaper shots. And this is what we do to get them. You, to me, don't ever do anything you haven't done in practice. So you got a little time to do it, do it. Because these guys are young. They, you know, I, I can, I, I, I'm not one of those persons that will work you to the point where you just can't play anymore. That's why my practices were hard but short. When the season started and got to the exam, 45 to an hour, hour and 15 minutes, anything over there was a waste of time to me. Because if you're not ready to play with me by then, as much as I've run and worked you, then you're never going to be. Mm. You're sense. my kind of coach then, oh, yeah. coach.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, I mean I, I know I know you gotta keep athletes inch sh- their legs and all that. You you gotta do that, but in an hour and a half a day, they're eighteen to twenty one years old. They're they're not forty and forty five. I I mean it's, it's, not, it's not like their legs should fall off with an hour and a half workout a day, is it?
2: No, <laughs> oh, no, no. You know, we, we get I tell you a real short, little, quick story about high school. I had, a, I had the a, a young team that we never had free game meals. In other words, I mean, no, high school don't give free game meals. This group will look like we're going to a break.
3: We are. Yeah. yeah hang we, on, coach. We want to hear this story. You better. Yeah.
1: Hang on, coach. I can already feel the right. sweat coming off my brow already. All right, Rick right. Schaefer, the coach, Nolan Richardson. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment.
0: Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three cheese blend to make our delicious Mac and top it with chopped hand breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. Now, back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish Studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. The number one sports radio show in Arkansas drive time sports on the buzz radio network drive
1: time sports here the buzz radio network rick schaefer i'm randy Ringbutter. joined again by the coach nolan richardson
0: it's time for rolling with nolan On Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson, brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot.
1: One thing they did not mention in that uh, uh, intro there was the fact that there is such great service that you'll find at your Slim Chickens. Uh, restaurants and in particular, I you know I tell Scott I just want wings I just want wings I want I want an order of just wings and they were talking about the mac and cheese a moment ago oh my goodness I mean it is it is that and the French fries I think well it is a meal into itself but uh, if you want some great wings check them out at Slim Chickens and they have such a great variety of sauces that go along with it. I'm not sure which is my favorite, so I just tend to get three or four one time. Try them all. That's the way I do it. Uh, Let's be joined again by the coach. And, Coach, you were talking about right before the break, the kids, they did not have a pregame meal.
2: Right. You know, uh, to to set set the picture straight is that pregame was taught to us as we were growing up and had been playing – You know, you had a baked potato, and you had a a piece of meat, which was steak or something like that, and and a green vegetable, some honey. And it's supposed to be digested well in the whole nine yards. And and so as a player myself, I never had that kind of food at home, so I don't know how it could affect me the way I play. (laughs) Understand? So I'm taking a bunch of kids who are very cool, Never uh, sit down and had a uh, chicken, fried chicken meal with mashed potatoes and gravy and the whole nine yards. And out of the 12 of them, out of 12 kids, only two of them ate. So I'm looking at the state. I said, Look, they're not going to eat this. And one of the kids come over to me and asked me if he could borrow 50 cents so he could go across and buy him a McDonald's. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and to to make that one come back to me about the eating pregame meal with Keith Wilson. I love him. He he was a hard working guy, is as hard a worker yeah. as I've ever had. Yeah. But at pre game meal time, he would bring him a bottle of hot sauce
4: <laughs> and sprinkle <laughs> that stuff up and I said, Keith, you gotta play it. not too long. Coach, I eat it every day. I thought about those tears. I said,
2: "Shit, excuse me, but go ahead and eat whatever you." I I, I I I don't worry about it. That night, he must have had
4: five or six steals, nine rebounds, twenty points. I said, "I better get him a box, of case of that."
3: Stuff.
4: <laughs> what I, What
2: my 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 point is. Why do we come up with all these things that the kids must eat when they don't eat that regularly at home? To me, mm. that's like practice. If you don't, if you, if, you know, if if you don't eat that before you go to practice every day, or why or How could that help you any? Anyway? The eating part. So, so, everybody has something to add to. What makes a better basketball player? Does he eat pregame meal? Does he eat right? Does he? Uh, my kids are poor.
4: They eat what they can find.
0: Mm. Wow.
4: So,
2: so that 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 was one of the things that I would always say uh, to Davey. What, what do you we What gonna eat? I, said, I don't care. They eat anything <laughs> they want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. After the game, they eat anything they want to. So before the game, so I was thinking about Musa, Super Coach, working his kids out. What does the hell do? they even work them before and after? What? <laughs> I mean, I work my players out
4: after a game.
3: Is that when they play poorly? That not, that's Is not
2: acceptable. It? I don't know if you can do that today, but that's what we did that quite a few times. We didn't. Did we didn't come in and, and go straight. uh, Home. Sometimes we came and went right to the gym and said, "All right, y'all didn't play, so we might as well practice a little bit." <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and we worked,
2: and the guys worked hard, and everybody lived through it.
3: Amazing. You,
2: it's, it's a new, it's a new day, I guess. And uh, now they, they they put me in jail for that. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I tell my grandkids. I tell them all the time. I said, you know, I need to find my grandmother and, and, and dig her up and 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 have her arrested for child abuse. <laughs> 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 yeah, they just can't do it for I said, Dad, the way, the, what you did to me to wake me up or get me to go where I needed to go, she let me know who was the boss. And that's that's one thing I think we have, have lost with, with some of the players. Well, you know, Coach,
1: saying that, uh, I had someone tell me the other day the reason why so many of these kids today get sick is because they don't eat enough dirt. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what? But then I got to thinking, that's all we did as a kid growing up. I mean, you were playing in the dirt. You ran, you 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 made the slide into second base or wherever it may be, and the dust came flying, or uh, you know you got tackled and you you know, got driven to the ground. You got a mouthful of dirt, whatever it may be. I'm getting to wonder if that's not really if there's not a little bit of truth in that, coach.
2: <laughs> um, that's a lot of truth to that. Did you did you survive it? I survived it. it. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I, I don't know. We let's put it this way: we, you can you can try anything that you think will help put a W in, in, on, on the score page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: not I'm not saying let's get a cup of dirt and go out and. No. And, uh, I'm not suggesting that whatsoever. But I, I do remember uh, the times that. Oh gosh, just playing in the backyard and this, that, and the other. And next thing you know, you are eating the mouth of dirt and you don't, you spit it out and you went on, you got back to playing. Let's go. Oh,
2: what?
1: All, right. All right. Rick, are you keeping up with the time? Because I, I do want yeah. you to talk to are Coach you- Richardson about
2: the.
3: Okay, about. he's got about a minute and a half. What would you like to say about the Yvonne Richardson Foundation, right. Coach?
2: Well, I, as usual, I like to always thank my people who who helped me out. So, you know, my, I got a shout out to the Stevens Group and Karen Biggs and her family and John David Lindsay and Mickey and Larry Brennan, the insurance people, and Steve Smith, uh, Alan Dunnebyer. I mean, these these are our our bigger bigger heavy hitters trying to help me do what I think that I enjoy doing is giving back to those who are less fortunate and it has has been really well and this year, this past year uh, we continue to do as God's will we will be able to continue to help people the best we know how and uh, I appreciate the fact that, that we uh, uh, are being able to say to you it doesn't matter how big or how little the, the donation is it's, it's just all it goes into one kitty and we go, go to work with it. Uh, and again I want to I want to thank uh, uh, those people very much for their help and uh, hopefully we can continue to provide with Yvonne Richardson's uh, charity well, I'll right, bet Rick. you i bet
3: you will be able to do that we'll all watch the Arkansas-Missouri game and hear what you have to say about that one and Arkansas Saturday game. We'll have you next week.
1: Thank you, Coach. Always great to talk with you, Coach Nolan Rickerson.